As he drew near to Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. And hearing a crowd going by, he inquired what this meant. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And he cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And those who were in front rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and commanded him to be brought to him. And when he came near, he asked him, what do you want me to do for you? He said, Lord, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, recover your sight. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and the hearing of his word. I think it's important to to remember and to to note that um, much of what we see happening in the New Testament, and particularly in the Gospels and in the ministry of uh, Jesus Christ, is the undoing of what was done in the Garden of Eden. When Adam and Eve sinned, beloved, in the Garden, what they did was they brought upon all creation a physical devastation, and even a spiritual death. Devastation and death upon all of creation. By their cooperation with and obedience to Satan, all creation, and that's including Adam and Eve and all of us who have come from them, descended descended into a darkness. Not only were they cast out of the garden, but they were cast now into a world that was spiritually darkened. A darkness. And this darkness that descended upon all of creation because of their sin and disobedience is described to us in several ways. One of the ways it is described to us is that this darkness is a darkness of death. Okay? That death descended upon all of creation so that you and I and all creation has been born disconnected from God. God is life. Everyone is born disconnected from that light. Because of the sin of Adam and Eve. That's why the Bible describes us, right, in Ephesians, as being without God, meaning that we are dead in trespasses and sin. Disconnected from God. That's how we come into the world. Because of this darkness of death that descended upon all the creation at the sinning of Adam and Eve. But another way that this darkness is described is a blindness. That because of the sin of Adam and Eve, a spiritual blindness descended upon all of us. And this spiritual blindness causes, since Adam and Eve, human beings to be in the world as if 
we are groping around in the dark, unable, unable to see our way to the light. And that light is God. We're disconnected from God because we don't have light. We are spiritually blinded because we don't have light. That's what the Bible says. Fallen humanity, sinful humanity is blind. In Job chapter 12 and verse 25, they grope in the darkness with no light. He makes them stagger like drunkards. This is the effect. It's the effect and the bondage of sin and Satan upon this world. Creation is lost because it is blind. Spiritually blinded. That's why the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4, that Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. Satan's design from the beginning and his ongoing desire was to blind and to keep blind. And to leave in darkness ever since the garden. To leave all of creation in darkness. Satan's kingdom is described as a kingdom of darkness. Because, beloved, it is a kingdom of of the blind. That is why when you see Jesus and the ministry of Jesus and the life of Jesus, what Jesus is doing and what Jesus has done is to undo what was done in the garden is to undo the works of Satan. The Bible says that the revelation of God in Christ Jesus is undoing what Satan has done. Satan blinds. You know what the Bible says God does in Psalm 146 and verse 8. Our God is the God who opens the eyes of the blind. That's what we just sung. Turn, you turn water into wine. You open the eyes of the blind. There's no one like you. There's none like you. The kingdom of God 
is good news in that it brings sight to the blind. It is called, beloved, a kingdom of light because it brings sight to the blind. You look at the the Bible and the images of God's kingdom and the analogies are so vivid. The gospel is illustrated to us in like vivid categories. It it speaks of of, of bringing life to the dead. It, It speaks of bringing hearing to the death, to the deaf. It speaks of bringing strength to the weak. Here in our text, the kingdom of God comes and brings sight to the blind. That's why these were the more prominent of Jesus' miracles. Think about that. What was the most prominent of Jesus' miracles? Death to life, right? Sight to the blind. These are the miracles that no one had ever seen before. These are the miracles that reminded people that something different is happening here. When John the Baptist sent word to sent word about Jesus. He was questioning Jesus. You remember he was questioning Jesus because he was in jail. He thought the kingdom was coming, but him being in jail didn't correlate with the kingdom of God. And so he sends his disciples with words to Jesus, questioning Jesus' ministry, questioning Jesus' anointing. And John says, I'm anointed, but are you the anointed one? And what did Jesus send word back to John say? In Luke chapter 7, verse 22, Jesus says, you go and tell John what you have seen. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are clean, the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up. In other words, tell John that the kingdom of God has come. The kingdom of light has broken through this kingdom of darkness, and it is illustrated in the miracles. The miracles do, beloved. They demonstrate the power, and they illustrate the authority of Jesus over the kingdom of darkness, over the kingdom of Satan. This This is the power of Jesus to undo what Satan and sin did. This this is the power of Jesus to save. This is the power of Jesus to save. And this morning, our text is another vivid reminder of this truth. Jesus saves by giving sight 
to the blind. Jesus saves by bringing light into darkness. Jesus saves by opening the eyes that sin and Satan has blinded. Interestingly, the Bible records Jesus performing three miracles in which he raised somebody from the dead. It also records him performing three miracles in which he gave sight to the blind. Now, the old preacher would say that he did one for the father, one for the son, or as and Brother Simpson would say, one for the Holy Ghost. Well, actually, beloved, that's probably not altogether true. We do know that Jesus performed many miracles, many miracles that are not recorded. But the point of these three were simply to authenticate and to prove unquestionably that the king and his kingdom has come. The king is here. The king has arrived, and he has brought his kingdom with him. It's a kingdom of light. This is what our text shows us this morning. The king was on his way to Jerusalem. He was on his way to Jerusalem because he was on his way to receive a crown. It was a crown of thorns. He was on his way to Jerusalem because, as he has told his disciples, he was going there to be crucified. He was going there to suffer. He was going there to bleed. He was going there to die. He was going there to put the final stake into the kingdom of darkness. And once and for all, reestablish the kingdom of light. And they were on their way to Jerusalem. But before they would reach Jerusalem, they had to stop by Jericho. They had to stop. By Jericho. The king and the kingdom need go through Jericho. Why, beloved? Why? Because, beloved, what the king does, the king brings the kingdom to his people. The king brings the kingdom to his people. And in Jericho, there was a blind man by the name of Bartimaeus. Jesus needed to go there because the king brings the kingdom to his people. That's why the Bible says in John chapter 4 and verse 4 
that Jesus needed to go through Samaria. Not because that was the only way to get to where he had to get. He had to go through Samaria because the king brings the kingdom to his people and there was a woman there by a well. That's what the king does. I was raised in this little bitty small town way out of the way called Woodland Park, Michigan. You never even heard of it. Google it. They might have it on there. Not much to think about, not much to see, not many people there. But beloved, one day Jesus came by. He came by because he brings his kingdom to his people. And that place mattered not to anyone, but it mattered to Jesus because he needed to open the eyes. He needed to bring the kingdom to a no-name boy in a no-name place. That's what Jesus does. That's our text this morning is another example of what happens when the king and the kingdom come. What happens? Well, the kingdom comes to beggars. That's what happens. The kingdom comes to beggars. As Jesus came near to Jericho, the Bible says that there was a blind man named Bartimaeus who was on the roadside and he was begging. And no doubt, no doubt, beloved, he was a man who was used to begging. We don't know what his occupation was prior, previous to him being blind. But for some reason, he had been, he had become blind, and because he had become blind, now he had been reduced to begging. And not only was he reduced to begging, but no doubt, because he was blind, there was not, there was not much mobility in his life, and so he was probably begging in a very familiar spot, as beggars do. They seem to go to the same spot every day. Because it's a familiar spot, he had become familiar with the people who would pass by. He goes to the spots and he hears the same voices all the time. He recognizes footsteps. He becomes familiar with the people. But this day was different. Suddenly he heard more footsteps than usual. Suddenly he heard more voices than he could recognize. Suddenly now, for some reason, the crowd had gotten larger. These voices were different. He hadn't heard these voices before. 
And so he inquired. He asked, what is happening? What is going on? And they told him, Jesus was passing by. Jesus was passing by. Now listen, beloved. When the others had passed by him, he begged them for food. When the others were passing by, he begged them for money. But when he heard that Jesus was passing by, he begged him for mercy. He begged him for mercy. Believe it or not, beloved, believe it or not, I want us to understand something this morning, that begging is a good place to be with God. Okay, begging is a good place. I know, I know, we look down on beggars, right? We see somebody begging and we avoid, we go the other way. They come to our car, we roll up the window. We avoid beggars, we move over into the other lane. Come on, tell the truth. We avoid beggars. God does not. God does not. In fact, the Bible says in Matthew 5 and 3 that blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Only beggars receive the kingdom of God. Only beggars. Only beggars receive the kingdom of God. The king brings the kingdom to beggars. Why? Because beggars say, I don't have anything. Beggars say, I can't do anything. Beggars say, I don't deserve anything. Beggars say, nothing in my hand I bring, simply to the cross I cling. That's what beggars say. Beggars say, like David Ruffin and Temptation used to say, I ain't too proud to beg. Ain't too proud to beg, sweet Jesus. Please don't leave me, Lord, or let me go. Ain't too proud to beg. Yes, you are. Yes, we are. That's the problem. That's the problem. We're too proud to beg. But I want to let you know this morning that beggars get heard. In the kingdom of God, beggars get heard. Ask the Syrophoenician woman in Mark, in, in, in Matt, in Mark chapter 7 and verse 26 where it says, Now a woman was a Gentile, a Syrophoenician by birth, who came and what does she do? Begged. Begged that he would cast the demon out of her, out of her daughter. Ask the leper. Ask the leper in Luke chapter 5 and verse 12. When he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and did what? Begged. 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 Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. Ask the father. Ask the father of the demon-possessed boy. In Luke chapter 9 and verse 38, where he says, He's come and behold, a man from the crowd cried out, Teacher, I beg you. I beg you. Look at my son. I beg you. Oh, beloved, I pray. I pray. I pray that we are never too proud to beg. Never too proud to beg. The kingdom of God comes to the poor and the needy. 
those who are ready and willing to beg. Beg for his mercy. Beg for his peace. Beg for his joy. Beg for his forgiveness. I ain't too proud to beg, sweet Jesus. Please, please don't leave me lonely. Or let me go. The kingdom comes to beggars. But it doesn't just come to beggars. The kingdom is revealed to the blind. To the blind. Bartimaeus was begging, and why was he begging? Because he was blind. He was begging because he was blind. Now, beloved, God has given us five senses. Five senses, right? Hearing, tasting, seeing, smelling, touching. Of the five senses, losing sight is the most disabling. It is the most disabling. It takes away light. It leaves a person in the dark. It hinders you from moving freely. It is a bondage of sorts. It is bound by the limits of the light. And Jesus heals the blind because of what it represents, okay? It represents his power over the bondage of sin. He heals the blind because it represents his power over Satan and the bondage that is the kingdom of darkness. Satan desires to keep Eyes blinded. That is his desire. Again, in 2 Corinthians 4 and 4, know it. This is the design of the enemy. The God of this age. To blind people's eyes. To keep them from believing. And seeing. The good news of the gospel and thereby being saved. What Christ does, what he comes to do is to open the eyes of the blind. That's why the Bible says that when his ministry began, what did he do in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 16? It says, those living in darkness because of Christ will now see a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. And the kingdom of God, beloved, remember I said that the kingdom of darkness is a kingdom of blindness. But the kingdom of God is a seen kingdom. It is a kingdom of light. There is no darkness in the kingdom of God. There is only light. Because the light is Christ. 
Jesus Christ is the light of the world. And so you remember that in the kingdom, the lame walk and the blind are made to see. It's the nature of the kingdom. And Christ brings sight to the blind because the gospel and the kingdom of God comes and is revealed to the blind. That's what Jesus is coming to do. That's why he stopped by Jericho that day. Because there was a blind man who was begging. And the kingdom of God comes to those who beg, is revealed to the blind, and it invites the bold, the persistent, those who call upon Jesus and call upon Jesus and call upon Jesus again. Blind Bartimaeus did what he did every day. He called upon strangers for help. That's what he did every day. Every day of his life, that's what he did. He called upon strangers for help. And in calling upon strangers for help, he had gotten used to being turned down. He was used to rejection. And being rejected, beloved, he didn't want any trouble. He just wanted help. He didn't want any trouble. He wasn't going to bother anybody. Being rejected, he used to rejection. He gets turned down. He goes to the next person because he don't want any trouble. He just wants help. But this time, the Bible says, that as he recognized that Jesus was passing by, this time he was not calling upon a stranger, he was calling upon the Savior. And in calling upon the Savior, the Bible says in Luke chapter 18 and verse 38, he with a loud voice said, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Now, this is interesting because those with him, like us, didn't have time for beggars. They didn't have time for beggars. They ain't in a hurry. They got to get to where they were going. And they believed that Jesus didn't have time for beggars. And so they rebuked Bartimaeus. They rebuked him and told him, be quiet, be quiet. The master don't have time, doesn't have any time for this. Jesus is in a hurry. We got more pressing matters. The master is in a hurry. He didn't have time for beggars. But as Bartimaeus heard this, the Bible says all this did was embolden him. He was persistent. Jesus. Not some stranger this time. The Savior was passing by, and he was not going to give up. And rather than pipe down, he piped up. 
he turned up the volume and again yelled, the Bible says, even louder, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on us. This is important to remember because persistence gets the Lord's attention. Because the Bible says in verse 40, and when Jesus heard him, it says, beloved, don't miss it. Jesus stopped. Did you hear what I said? God stopped. God stopped what he was doing. God stopped. He got Jesus' attention. Why? Because the others got weary of him asking, but Jesus doesn't. Listen, one of the hardest things to do, beloved, is to stay persistent. Beloved, it is, it is difficult. When you're not getting an answer, but it is hard to just keep knocking. When you're not getting an answer, it is hard to keep asking. When you're not getting the solution that you are seeking for, it is hard to keep seeking. But this is what the Lord invites. This is what the Lord rewards. Those who keep calling his name. Those who keep calling his name. Now, if you are anything like me, you get tired of people calling your name. I know I do. You get tired of people calling your name. Pastor Carter this, Pastor Tony that. Papa this, Daddy that. Honey this, Honey that. I get tired of people calling my name, but thank God, God never gets tired of people calling his name. Never gets tired of people calling his name. Never say, you better stop calling my name or I'm going to change my name. Never gets tired, beloved. Never gets tired of hearing Jesus, son of David. Jesus, son of David. Jesus, son of David. In fact, the more he called on him, the more he heard. The more he heard. He heard him. He heard him. He was bold. He was persistent. He heard him. Like the woman with the bleeding problem who kept pushing through the crowd. He heard her. Like Jacob who was wrestling with the angel. And Jacob said, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. He heard him. The Bible says, beloved, in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16, that we are to come boldly, boldly to the throne of God and receive grace and help in time of need. Why? Because the kingdom invites the bold. Why? Because it means more. It just means more. And if it means more to you, it's going to mean more to God. How much does it mean to you? It means more. That's why you keep asking. 
Because it means much. That's why you keep knocking. Because it means much. That's why you keep seeking. To the poor, it just means more. To the thirsty, water means more. To the hungry, food means more. That's why you keep asking. That's why I ain't too proud to beg. Because, Lord, it means more. This I'm going through. It means much to me. That's why I'm asking. That's why I'm asking. That's why I'm knocking. That's why I'm not stopping. How much, how much does the kingdom of God mean to you? How much? What you're asking the Lord for. How much does it mean to you? To Bartimaeus that day, it meant more. I'm not just asking for food. I'm not just asking for money. Jesus is here. You are not going to make me stop asking for his mercy. It means more. And because it meant more, beloved, he was blessed. That's what the kingdom of God does. The kingdom brings blessings. To the beggars, to the blind, and to the bold come the blessings. To the beggars, to the blind, and to the bold come the blessings. The blessings. Jesus didn't just stop. He didn't just stop. The Bible says he called for Bartimaeus to be brought to him. And then he said in verses 41 and 42, what do you want me to do for you? And he said, Lord, give me some money. Lord, if I can just have some food today. No, beloved. He said, Lord, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, recover your sight, for your faith has made you well. The king is here, and the kingdom of God has come, and darkness is cast out. And the kingdom of light has come. When the kingdom comes, beloved, the blessings it brings are twofold. And we see them here. They're twofold. First of all, there's the blessing of sight. Okay? There's the blessing of sight. Here was blind Bartimaeus. He had received his sight. And he was once again... Once again, we don't know how long it's been, but you can imagine, once again, he was going to see Jericho. 
He hadn't seen Jericho in a while. But once again, he was going to see his home. He was going to see his beloved city. He was going to walk through his beloved community and see the sights and sounds of Jericho that he hadn't seen in a long time. He was going to see Jericho. Not only was he going to see Jericho, but now he was going to see family. Family that he hadn't seen their face in quite a while. They had aged a little bit. He hadn't been able to see it. They had grown up some. He hadn't been able to see that. But now he was going to see his family. He was going to see friends. Friends he had lost touch with all this time. Friends who no longer had time for him. They were busying themselves with their own lives. Now, once again, he was going to see friends. He was going to see Jericho. He was going to see family. He was going to see friends. And all that is great, beloved. But for the very first time ever, he was going to see Jesus. Now, I don't want you to miss that. He was going to see Jesus. Because that's the blessing of the kingdom. The blessing of the kingdom, beloved, and the blessing of heaven is not that I'm going to see mama again, though I, I can't wait. The blessing is not that I'm going to see streets of gold, though I can't wait. The blessing is not that I'm going to see Peter and Paul and David and Moses. The blessing of seeing is that I'm going to see Jesus. That's why your eyes get opened. So you can see Jesus. That's the blessing of sight. It is not just the opening of the eyes and the head, beloved. The blessing of the kingdom is that now Christ has opened the eyes of your heart. And you see the truth of the good news of the glory of God in the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is with the eyes of the heart that we see Jesus. It is with the eyes of the heart that we see Jesus. So that when Jesus told him to recover his sight, all that was was an illustration and a vivid reminder that not only had Christ opened his eyes of his head, but he had lifted the veil of sin and darkness from his heart. Jesus turned the light on so he could see. So he could see. Not Jericho. So that he could see Jesus. So that he could see Jesus. Now, beloved, and how do you know this? How do you know this? How do you know this is true? The man been blind for however long. He hadn't seen Jericho in a while. He hadn't seen his family or friends or whoever he was associated with. He hadn't seen them in a while. But the Bible doesn't say that he wanted to run back and go to Jericho. The Bible says that he wanted to go with Jesus. That's what happens. That's what happens when the kingdom comes. 
And not just the eyes of your head are open, but he opens the eyes of your heart. And you see Jesus. That's why we sing, open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. Why? Because I want to see you. I want to see you high and lifted up. I want to see you. And the only way to see Jesus, beloved, is if he opens the eyes of your heart and gives you the blessing of sight. Sight to see Jesus. That's the blessing of the kingdom. It's a blessing of sight. And with that sight comes the blessing of salvation. That's the kingdom. The kingdom is blessing of sight and the blessing of salvation. Those who really see Jesus, those who really see Jesus, follow Jesus. That's how you know you're really seeing. That's how you know you're really seeing. And immediately, the Bible says in verse 43, immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. It was a beggar. It was a beggar. And now he was a beggar who had found bread. Here was a man who was thirsty, who had found water. Here was one who was weak, who had now found strength. God had did what the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9 had done for Bartimaeus what he does for all who come into the kingdom. He brings them out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's what he does. He had rescued him, as it says in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 13. Rescued him from the dominion of darkness and brought him into the kingdom of Jesus. And he began to sing. Begin to praise him because his eyes were opened. And he began to sing like we sing. As John Newton has taught us to sing. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. But now I see. And what do you see? I see that I'm saved. I see that I'm redeemed. I see that the Lord has saved me. And I'm going with him. I'm going with him. I'm going with him, and I'm telling everybody else that this is the only place where beggars can find bread. I'm going with him. I'm going with him, and I'm telling all the other beggars that there is bread only in one, the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the bread of life. That's why we sing his praises. That's why we sing him praises, because like blind Bartimaeus, we are those who were once in darkness, and now we're trying to tell those yet in darkness where, or better yet, who the light is. It's Jesus. That's why we go with him. Because he is the one. He's the only one who turns water into wine. 
He is the only one that opens the eyes of the blind. And there's no one like him. None like him, beloved. Because our God, he is stronger. Our God, he is greater. Our God, he is higher than any other. He is healer. Our God is awesome in power. He is our God, our God. And he has brought light to the blind. That's the kingdom of God. That's why we praise him. That's why we follow him. That's why we worship him. That's why we go with him. It's the kingdom of God, beloved. For the beggars, for the blind, for the bold, therein they find their blessing.